advance, Father, for what you are pouring out on this house, Father, and we thank you, Father, for divine instructions. We thank you for the leading of your spirit, Father. We thank you that we hear you, Father, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So... good with the lights that's how you want it okay just seeing hallelujah so on today we will conclude our series on bodybuilders actually let me just go ahead and get into the spiel we are in the fourth pillar of our teaching pillars our teaching pillars are relationship kingdom the church and ministry we are in our ministry pillar and because we are hitting our fourth year it is it, we are now about to reset and so every three months we will be moving through a pillar right now we are in our ministry pillar uh, the title of our series is what? Bodybuilders. Come on. Bodybuilders. That's what we are here for. We're here to build up the body. The Bible said that he gave the five-fold ministry to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to build the body of Christ until we all come into the knowledge of the faith and the son of God to a mature measure of the stature which belongs to Christ so the father gave the five-fold ministry to equip this is a spiritual university y'all amen and so the title of our teaching on today is a prelude to spiritual gifts a prelude to spiritual gifts and I know y'all been waiting on the spiritual gifts the body of Christ loves the spiritual gifts hallelujah but let me say this spiritual men walk to please the father amen spiritual men are conscious of the Christ within them I'm gonna say that again spiritual men walk to please the father spiritual men and women I'm not y'all included all right amen are conscious of the Christ that is in them so spiritual gifts are just helping the spiritual man to walk in the fullness of God the spiritual gifts don't make you a son. The spiritual gifts don't make you a daughter. They enhance the work of the ministry. When, you, when we're talking about sonship, it's us being born again and us going from a child to sons. Now, by, by default, when you are born again at the spirit level, you are a weos. You are God's legitimate child. But it is at the soul that you have to be developed. 
And that is where you go from a Nepios to a Pation to a Technon to an Aniskos to a Weos. So we go from children of God to sons of God. Now I have to make that known to you because the moment we're born again, we would think that we're fully mature children and we're ready for our assignment. We're ready for our purpose. We're ready for our destiny and we're not. Okay, so as sons, we start out as children with a sinful nature. And we mature and we grow into the divine nature of our heavenly father. DNA, say DNA. DNA is divine nature agenda. Now, why do you need to know that? Because the activations of the gifts start at the infant stage. All right, the activation of the gifts, they start at the infant stage and it is through learning and practicing that they are sharpened and perfected. Amen. So we're going to get into the spiritual gifts. We're just doing a prelude on today. And then what I'm going to do, because we're shifting to our uh, um, reset to our relationship pillar, I will be teaching the gifts of the spirit on Wednesday. So I will walk through the gifts of the spirit on Wednesday in the name of I am gifted. Amen. I am gifted. We're going to incorporate that into the uh, I am equation. And what we eventually do is, I think I got Manushka and Shombi. What they'll do is every, uh, during every pillar, somebody will come and they'll teach the gifts of the spirit until they are fully sharpened. All right. Now, my first scripture, I don't want to move too fast. My first scripture on today is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. And it reads, pursue love, say pursue love, and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So this scripture tells us, Paul tells the church in Corinthian, as Ola has already let us know, that the Corinthian church was a very gifted church. But they were not just gifted, they were extremely carnal. And that is because giftings come without repentance. You can be gifted, but you can have a foul heart because the Holy Spirit needs us to do ministry. All right, the Holy Spirit needs us to do ministry. The Bible said that the gifts and the callings, they come without repentance. So you could have a bad attitude. You could be in sin. You could be living wrong. And, and because you uh, uh, are gifted, the gift will still flow. Although as you grow and you mature in sonship, it enhances the gift. Amen. Now, as you can see from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where Paul is talking about the gifts. Now, he starts to talk about the gifts in chapter 12. Now, this is a letter, which means there were no, the numbers that are there are for the address so that we could find them. But this is one letter. So this letter right here will be the end of the letter to the Corinthians church, the first one at least. So he didn't come in and just start talking about gifts of the spirit amen as you can see this is at the end of the letter when he first comes into the letter into uh, start to write this letter he starts and he lets them know their position in Christ who they are in Christ 
Then he went to even challenge them about their behavior and how some of them, they were acting like infants. They were choosing this leader over that leader, and that he said, you guys, you're, you're acting like infants. He said, I came to bring you meat, but I couldn't bring it to you. So instead, I have to give you milk instead. And so after all of that conversation, we get to the 14th chapter, and he tells them to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But he said, but especially that you may prophesy. So he didn't say desire spiritual gifts. He said, first thing you need to do is what? Pursue love. And the pursuit of love deals with us becoming like the Father because God is what? Love. So first thing Paul is telling us to do, indulge in sonship. Get to understand your heavenly Father. Pursue love. Pursue to become like him. Grow in grace and the knowledge of God. Pursue the covenant, the relationship side of it. Now, because this is the way that we were supposed to learn things was according to the Godhead. We were supposed to learn the Father, then learn the Son, then learn the Holy Spirit. But even in that statement, because there is, and y'all don't throw nothing at me, don't, don't, I want to see no face frowns up, nothing. Okay, because there is no such thing as the Trinity. That is an American concept. All right. It's not the father, the son, the Holy Spirit It's father, son, Holy Spirit. All right. It's father, son, Holy Spirit. In the Greek, those articles are not there. American translations, we put it there because we support the Trinity, the teaching of the Trinity. So we put those articles in there. If you read the original writings, about 20% of the time you see Holy Spirit, do you see the? Because the Holy Spirit refers to God the Father. God our Father is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Christ is a Holy Spirit. Angels are Holy Spirits. We are spirits born again and it asks us to be a holy nation. So holy deals with the climate, the culture. I'm going too fast. So we were supposed to learn the father and his love, how he gave his son. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. So he sent his son so what? We could have a relationship with him. That's why he said he gave his son so that we could have eternal life. What is that? An eternal relationship with him that starts when you are what? Born again. The moment you are born again, eternal life starts. And so now we have to learn of our heavenly father. We have to learn of his perfect love that removes all fears. We have to learn that he drew us with love and kindness. We have to learn about his everlasting love, his inseparable love. So the first thing that the child needs to learn about is the father. Then we begin to learn about the son. We begin to learn about who we are in him, that we are his children, that Jesus is the example and the ensample for us. His ministry shows us how the children, how sons and daughters should respond in earth. So after we learn the father, then we learn the son. We learn who we are in Christ. Amen. 
We have to become Christ conscious. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. The Bible lets us know that the seed of Christ is there. And because the seed of Christ is there, it can only grow in the proper soil. Y'all ready? The seed can only grow in the proper soil. So Christ has to live in Holy Spirit. Okay, Christ has to live in Holy Spirit. That is where he dwells. That is where he lives. That is where he grows. So we have to take the Christ in us and we have to place it in Holy Spirit. Now, we can use the, but I just need you to know because Holy, the Holy Spirit is more than just a spirit. All right? This is where Christ lives and grows. That's why the Bible says that he wanted to baptize us in it. He didn't want to give us the Holy Spirit. He wanted to baptize us in it. He said that he poured it out on all flesh. Okay. So he didn't just give us the, we don't just have the Holy Spirit. We're baptized in it. We're immersed in it. Christ in us is immersed in it. And we're immersed in it so that we can be developed in it. Because we, we go from being filled with the Spirit to being full of the Spirit. And we're only full of the Spirit when the Holy Spirit or his ram or his world has our mind, our heart, and our soul. So to the degree I allow his world to fill me with his conversation. Okay, so the teaching of the Holy Spirit needs to be deconstructed. I'm not taking away from what we've learned. I'm just adding to and giving you a more presentable understand because when we were taught about the Holy Spirit, we were taught about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins, us going to heaven, and then we were taught about the Holy Spirit. We were taught about it out of context. We weren't taught that we had a father first. That we were his children. And then we can learn, okay, this is what I now do with the Holy Spirit. So we've been learning it backwards. We learned about the Holy Spirit. We learned about the gifts. And we didn't even know the stages of sonship. We didn't know that he was our father. We didn't know about the seed. We weren't focused on his kingdom and a relationship and building that up and becoming the church. And so instead, we were born again, and then we just got involved in the Holy Spirit before we start to grow. So Paul said, pursue love, pursue the relationship. But he said, then you can desire spiritual gifts. I want you to have the spiritual gifts, but I need you first to be mature children. Because what gifts will make you think that you are mature? And the gift is not permanent. It's given for ministry at that time and at that moment. It's not your life. And we'll get more into that on Wednesdays. But, but, but it's, it's not the Holy Spirit. In most cases, it's just Holy Spirit because it's letting us know it is the realm of the Spirit. Okay. And the holiness is the culture of that. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about atmosphere. Come on, we just pray. His, let his presence fill the room. Okay, we're talking about climate. We're talking about a spiritual environment. That's why the Bible talks about the, the Holy Spirit as being wind. 
It talks about the angels being what? Wind. What is wind? Wind is the flow of air. Or it is the flow of spirit. What is, what is wind? It is the energy of air. That's why the Bible says that, the, that the, uh, uh, Satan is the prince of the power of the what? Air. So Satan is not the opposite of Christ. He's not the opposite of the Father. Okay? He's the opposite of the Holy Spirit. Because it consists of angels, atmosphere, presence. It, it consists of conversation. That's why we call it the breath of God. Because in that atmosphere, his voice is released to us. In that atmosphere, we hear in time and space from eternity. Y'all ain't with me. When we're talking about wind, when we're talking about air, we're talking about direction and magnitude. That's how the move of the spirit is. Okay, so even in our atmosphere, even in our realm, we have four types of winds. We have a breeze. We have gale, which is a gust of wind. We have storms and we have hurricanes. Okay, it, if it is a breeze, it moves between five, five and 31 miles per hour. If it is a gale, it moves between or a gust, it moves between 32 and 63 miles per hour. If it is a storm, it moves between 55 and 63 miles per hour. If it is a hurricane, it goes from 64 on up. And this is when we get to talking about a whirlwind. Because in that realm, you have the seven spirits. And in the seven spirits, you have the four winds. So you have an east wind, a west wind, a south wind, and a north wind. The Holy Spirit is bigger than just a spirit. It is the world that we live in. Is the world that we're supposed to grow up in is the world we're supposed to be developed in. That's why on the day of Pentecost, it came as what? A rushing, mighty wind. And it filled the place. And when it filled the place, it filled them. It didn't fill them in a sense of it filled their body. It filled them as each, each one of them were able to carry that presence away with them. So we're supposed to walk in the spirit. We're supposed to live in the spirit. That's what Holy Spirit is. We don't just have the spirit. Yes, does the spirit rest on us? Yes, it does. The spirit can be clothing. That's why the Bible says that we're sealed by the spirit. So the spirit can be an ephah for the prophetic. Or I mean an ephah for the priest. It could be a mantle for the prophetic. It comes as light. So the Holy Spirit is the entire world. It could be kingly robes. So we have to lose this conversation or this thought that it is just a spirit. Because to us, we're just born again and filled with the spirit. But that's not what the scripture wants you to be. It wants you to be a son, okay? And then that son is filled with the spirit and it has to grow in that presence. Remember. That the Bible said that Jesus had to be just as we were, just as we are in order to be our faithful high priest. So it had to happen for, him, for us just how it happened for him. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit rested on him, he was already the son of God. 
Okay, he was already God's son. It rested on him because he was God's son. Then he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has done this. Because it's something that he needs me to do. He has anointed me because there's something that he needs me to do. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, the spirit of the Lord is one of seven spirits. You have the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might. But he just chose to talk about one of them that rested on him. Because in, in Holy Spirit, that's how angels operate. That's why you have, that's every, every time you see the spirit of wisdom, we're not talking about a spirit that brings wisdom. That's why the Bible lets us know that angels are his spirits. He called angels his spirits. He said they are his flames of fire. He said, I will baptize you. With the Holy Spirit, or with, I will baptize you, watch this, with Holy Spirit. I'm giving you my presence. I'm pouring it out on you. That's why Jabez said, expand my territory. Because the Holy Spirit comes upon you, but it can expand. So we need Holy Spirit because that is where we have to live. So, the Holy, so when we talk about Holy Spirit, we're speaking of the realm of the Spirit. But holiness is the culture. Holiness is his personality. Holiness is the character. But the Holy Spirit also speaks of his household. Come on. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But it is what? Righteousness, joy, and peace in his holy presence. When we're talking about Holy Spirit, we're talking about what is there for citizenship. We're talking about culture where the name conversation is going on because we are no longer under the law. We are now under grace, but we are only under grace because we are now under the name. So we don't obey Ten Commandments. We do things according to his name. This is why we pray in tongues because we are in the spirit. And this is where he wants us to live. When, you are, when we pray in tongues, we're praying according to what we are in. We're not natural people praying to the spirit. No, we are praying from our spirit in that realm. So this is our communication. In that realm is where the works of the spirit, or the, the fruits of the spirit are worked in us. So when you're in the flesh, all you're doing is stepping out of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> when you're in the flesh, you, you step out of the Holy Spirit to do what you wanted to do. But when you are in the Spirit, you are living in that. And this is where he wants us to live. He wants us to live in the Holy Spirit. You should, if you haven't had the presence upon you, you don't know when it left. <laughs> That should be an uncomfortable feeling for you. It should be uncomfortable when you don't feel his presence. We should build ourselves up to carry his glory because his glory is what? In Holy Spirit. So this is where we're supposed to live in Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the governor. So the Holy Spirit is what governs the kingdom. So that is where power is released. You will receive power when the spirit comes upon you. And then you will be what? Witnesses. 
So you're talking about power and authority. You're talking about the legislation, the legislative, the executive and the judiciary is in that. But even in that, you're talking about gifts and administrations for what ministry? What is ministry? Huh? I hit y'all. Pop quiz. What is ministry? Talk. Come on. Don't, don't whisper. Come on. We've been at it for a couple weeks now. I told you, pop quiz. Students. Come on. No, everybody. Renee got it. Come on. Go ahead, Renee. You got it. Go ahead and say it. That's it. Ministry is service to the body of Christ so the body of Christ can serve the world. If we don't serve one amongst one another, and if, we, if there's no servitude in here, we can't serve out there. Matter of fact, if we don't serve in here, we won't serve out there. So ministry is servitude to the body of Christ, to one another. Then from there, we serve the world. Amen? And so... He said to pursue love, which is the relationship. Why? Because this is where Christ lives. This is where the kingdom is developed in us. So then he says to desire, desire gifts. So he, he didn't just say desire. Actually, he said to earnestly, earnestly desire. Now, desire means to, to strongly want something or something to happen. So he said, earnestly desire this. So for ministry, there's nine ministry gifts of the spirit. But then there's many gifts, especially according to the, mount, the seven mountains. For every mountain, there are abundance of gifts that we can walk in. Amen. What you do, Charles, as a chef, that's a gift. Everybody can't do it. Teaching is a gift. Come on, singing is a gift. Exhortation, those are gifts. To have a business mind, that is a gift. Ask Joseph. Okay, those are gifts. And the thing you want to understand about a gift is it is something that is given to you. You don't have to pay anything for it, but you must acknowledge the giver for it to grow. And so Abba gives us gifts. The Father gives us gifts for his ministry. He gives us gifts so that we can represent him in this planet. Because when it's all said and done, his kingdom come, his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So everything he gives us, it has to align with that agenda. So this is why we need to fellowship in Holy Spirit. So that our gifts can flow. But not only so that our gifts can flow because ministry is not just for, uh, 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 gifts are not just for ministry, but they're also for life. They're also to help you in your marriage, to help you in your relationships, to help you see things about your family, about your children, to help you in your business. Creativity is a gift. And you must understand this, that anytime you see spirit of wisdom, spirit of truth, spirit of life, it is letting you know that this thing is coming from the spirit realm. So there's earthly wisdom and then there's spiritual wisdom. 
So when you, wherever you see, and, and even in that alone, whenever you see spirit of wisdom and spirit of counsel, that's what, what that is, that's a whole army of angels that operate in that to deliver that to people. Okay, watch this. That is why Jesus is, is uh, baptized with the spirit. The spirit leads him into the wilderness, but now he needs strength. Come on. He, he prayed a spirit of strength come upon me right now. In the name of me. Okay. He didn't, he didn't do that. The Bible says that an angel came and strengthened him. Because angels operate in that realm. That's the realm that they operate in. That's why he said that his angels are ministering spirits, flames of fire. They're sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. So when you're in Holy Spirit, angels can minister to you. Now, this is very deep and it's very profound. It can go very deep. But, but imagine this. Jesus said, and this is before the outpouring of the spirit. Jesus said, in, in, in reference to the little child, he said that angels, his angel was always with him. Y'all didn't see that, did you? He said his angel was always with him. Jesus said, you're going to be amazed when you see angels going up and down on me. <laughs> David said the angels are encamped around about him. Elijah gets in a predicament. Gehazi don't see it. He said, open his eyes. He opened his eyes. What is it? Angels. Okay, surrounding him. Chariots of fire surrounding him. You got to know what your Holy Spirit is not a spirit. It is the realm we live in, we function in. It is where we grow up. It is what lets us know that we're detached. That's why we get frustrated when we can't feel presence. Where are you, Father? He, that's when, he, when, he see you, when he sends you to a wilderness, that's what happens. Holy Spirit leaves. And it only leaves for the purpose of seeing what is in you, child. What is in you? The Bible said, no, look, this is of Jesus. The Bible said that he tested. That when he sent them in the wilderness, it was to test. His, and, which means he was ascertaining the quality of his soul. You are my son that I am well pleased, but I'm about to send you in the ministry and you got to represent me. So I need to see where your mind is. So what I do is I, I this, the Bible said the spirit drove him. It didn't go with him. <laughs> it kicked, it, it drove him into the wilderness to be tempted by, by Satan. And so a lot of times when, when you don't feel presence, all only thing that's going on is he want to know what is it that you know? Where is the development of your mind, your heart and your soul? Do you need presence to pray? Do you need presence to move? You already heard the instructions. This is the time where you have to be conscious of the Christ in you. It's the Christ in you you have to be conscious of. You, you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can quench that. Which means you can't be... <laughs> you can't be... You can't live in sin and carry the spirit and carry presence. The moment you click watch and start doing the wrong thing, the spirit leaves. What, what is that called? Quenching. So Paul told them, Paul said, pursue love. He said, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. He said, but especially that you may prophesy. 
especially that you may prophesy. And this is the reason why, because every gift is prophetic in nature. All right. Every gift is prophetic in nature. For every gift to function and flow, you have to hear from that realm. And that's all the prophetic is at his most elementary definition is, is for you to hear the father and repeat what he's saying. It's for you to hear his. It is for you to hear according to his realm and do what he said. So whether it's word of wisdom or word of knowledge, you heard it from that realm. What makes it prophecy or not is that did I did I speak it immediately? Okay, did I speak it immediately? If I don't speak it immediately, it's not prophecy. But whether it's, it's to heal someone or whether it's miracles, we're not going to get into it on today. But whether it's healing, some, whether it's the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or, the, or discerning the spirits, that has to come from the spirit realm. But if he, if he doesn't tell you to speak, you don't say anything. But, but prophecy is a vocal gift. So which means when it's time to prophesy, they have to hear and speak right there. It just happens in real time. But every week we operate and function in a prophet, especially if you teach. I didn't just pull this out. Come on now. <laughs> I was sitting studying in, a, in Holy Spirit and it was giving me what to teach and tell the people. And so every gift is prophetic in nature. Why? Because it is us living in the spirit realm. It is us operating in that realm and understanding that when we are in Holy Spirit, that we are no longer in time and space. You are now in eternity. That's why he tells you to be eternal thinkers. He tells you to have the mind of Christ. Why? Because I poured my spirit out on all flesh. And then he said when he poured it out, he said your sons and daughters will prophesy. He didn't say his sons and daughters. He said your sons and daughters will prophesy. Which means a connection to that realm. It doesn't just open up the spirit realm for us. It opens it up for everybody. That's why you have mediums and psychics. Because they can see into that realm because he poured the spirit out on all flesh. But it, when you become a son and a daughter, you got to remember John the Baptist was born filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says he's a lease in the kingdom. Why? Because he was a son. He was filled, but he could never be full because he didn't have Christ in him. He didn't have the mind of Christ. So the Holy Spirit wasn't there to develop him. It wasn't there to teach him how to be a son. It wasn't there to teach him how to worship the father. He was still in David worship. They worship God. We worship the father in spirit and in truth. This is what the father is seeking. So he says, worship me in spirit. You got to know you like me. You got to understand the likeness. You are like me. Then he said, do it in truth, which means you got to understand my plan. You got to know the logos. You got to know my intentions for you because you can't worship me if you think I'm going to kill you, okay? You can't worship me if you think I'm going to judge you. You can't worship me if you think I'm going to torment you. You can't worship me if you, don't, if you, if, if you think that you got to work your way into heaven. You can't worship me because you're uncertain. It reinforces the orphan spirit. He don't want orphans worshiping him. He's looking for sons. The Bible says the father is seeking such. So we're just going to go light today. Y'all calm down. Y'all calm down. 
So Paul said, pursue love, which means the first thing we pursue is what? Abba. I need to know my father. Jesus constantly said he know who his father is. He never talked about how gifted he was. He never talked about his prophetic. He never called himself a prophet. He never said he was an evangelist. He just said, foxes have holes. <laughs> he never called himself that. He didn't say I was a pastor. He didn't say I was an apostle. But the Bible says he's the apostle and high priest of our faith. He wasn't concerned with that. The only announcement he ever made was, God's my father. I don't even have a will. I don't have a purpose. I'm just here to do what he said to do. I don't have a plan. I'm a ransom. How many of y'all want to be a ransom? Come on. I ain't lie, you want to. <laughs> How many of y'all want to be a propitiation, an acceptable sacrifice? He letting you know who he was. He said, I'm a mediator. Matter of fact, don't even worship me. Don't even praise me. My job is to get you to worship and praise my father. I'm a mediator. My job is to get you into that relationship. And once I'm in that, y'all, you are in that relationship, I step out the picture. The only time you look to me is to look what to become like. All right. So, so we're going to read a couple scriptures and then we're going to close out. All right. <laughs> First Corinthians 12 and 1. Don't miss Wednesdays. Uh, the people who ain't here today, they, well, they probably watching. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. It's a different atmosphere here. But I love y'all. First Corinthians 12 and 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be aware. Now, the first thing I want you to understand is because I tell y'all often that the Holy Spirit is not the opposite. I mean, Satan is not the opposite of the Father. He's not the opposite of the Son. Okay? And what you have to understand about Holy Spirit, or we can call it the Holy Spirit, is that you see no scriptural evidence, period, of the Father having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's nowhere in the Bible. Okay? You don't see Christ, Jesus having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So it is not a person. It is an atmosphere. Okay? It, it, it can rest on us, but what I need you to understand is this, is that Satan mimics Holy Spirit. That's, that's what he mimics. Okay? That's why you have rulers, authorities, powers, and dominions, and all of those are angelic, dark angelic armies. All right? And so while we have the spiritual gifts he has spiritual forces. Now, if you read in the Greek, it's the same word. Spiritual gifts and spiritual forces are the same word. So Moses performs a spiritual gift. He throws down the rod. It turns to a snake. Then the demonic brings a spiritual force. They threw theirs down too. And it turns to a snake. But the gift swallows up the darkness. Ah, <laughs> all right, let's keep going. Verse two says, but I need you to understand that, that's, that, that on, the, on the demonic side, the kingdom of darkness, because the, king, the demonic is the atmosphere of the kingdom of darkness. All right, 
So let's say it like this. Holy Spirit is the atmosphere of the kingdom of God. Unholy Spirit is the atmosphere of the kingdom of darkness. So you need to understand that. So the Holy, Holy Spirit is righteous atmosphere. Okay, the kingdom of darkness has an unrighteous atmosphere. Y'all see it on social media every day. Come on now. You see what they're operating in. You see what they're functioning in. So it is our job to function in Holy Spirit. And avoid unholy. Verse 2 says, you know that when you were pagans, you used to, be, used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. He says, therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by Holy Spirit. Now, the is not supposed to be there except by Holy Spirit. So you have to be in the Spirit. The presence has to be upon you. It has to alert you and teach you and let you know that this is, that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Okay, that's not just something you can say. See, the thing we do in church nowadays is we say something, but we don't have an understanding of it. Okay, we say it, but we can't teach it. And I told you my rule of thumb, if you can't teach it, you don't know it. If you can't teach it, you don't know it. How am I saved? If you don't know it, then how are you saved if you can't explain it? You should know what you are and you should be able to teach it and explain it. Okay, so verse, three say, uh, uh, verse 4 says, now there are different gifts but the same spirit. Okay. Verse 5 says there are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities or operations, but the same God works all of them in each person. So there's different gifts, there's different ministries, and there's different operations that all function in what? The spirit realm. Verse 7 says, a manifestation of the, of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Okay? A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for a common good. It is given to us so that we could bear all things together, so we can bring all things together, and so we could build all things together. Now, I'm going to say it again because I like your amen, but I don't think you got it. Okay, it's given for common good so that we could bear all things together, we could bring all things together, and we could build all things together. So he, that's why he's letting us know it is a spirit because when we're in that realm, it's one conversation. Okay, the Holy Spirit does not have a voice. He says he only testifies of Christ. He ain't, the, Jesus, he ain't going to talk about himself. Then Jesus said, I don't talk about myself. <laughs> he said, I only do what? What the Father tells me. So when the Father speaks, the Son does. The Holy Spirit is only speaking according to the Son. So in actuality, when you are in the realm of the Spirit, we hear the Father. 
This is why Jesus said pray to the Father. He didn't say pray to him. He didn't say pray to the Lord. He didn't say pray to the Holy Spirit. He said pray to the Father. Now we do that because we see scripture that it says Lord. But understand Lord is a cultural thing. That was from places where they had kingdoms. Okay, when you are in an environment, in an atmosphere where they have kingdoms, everybody in leadership is a Lord. That's why it says that Abraham, that uh, Sarah called Abraham her Lord. Why? Because that was her husband. If you worked for someone, you called them Lord. Because you were their slave. The, okay, Jesus is the head of the body. We grow up into him. He's our Lord because we are growing up into him. But ultimately, the father is the Lord. That's why Jesus had to ask him. He had to ask the, he had to ask the Pharisees. Who is Lord? He said, why did your Lord say my Lord would do something? <laughs> he was trying to alert them and let them know there is one Lord. That is the father. He is the owner of everything. He is the architect of everything. This is his plan. He did the blueprints. The schematic is his mind. Christ is the building material. I created all things through Christ, for Christ, and without Christ, nothing exists. Okay? Holy Spirit builds. So that's just how it looks. If we were to build something in the spirit realm, the Father designed it. He predestined all things. Then he used the Son, the Word, to build it. That's why all things were created through him, for him, without him, nothing exists. He holds all things what? Together. But then the Holy Spirit is what rest and built everything. That's why the first thing he did was what? He released the Spirit of God. Then he said, let there be light. He's showing you how it works. So it says a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for common good. It says to the one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. Same realm. Another, verse 9 faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the performing of miracles to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretations of tongues it says one and the same spirit is active in all these distributing to each person as he wills for just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. The Bible says we are all baptized in, in one spirit. We're baptized in the spirit. We don't just have it. You want to be baptized in it. You want to be immersed in it. You want to live there so that he could work all things in you. When you're in the flesh, he can't because you stepped out of spirit. Now you're just in tune with your carnal mind. So we want to stay immersed. That's why we pray in tongues. That's why we build ourselves up. We want to stay saturated in that. So we have three types of gifts. Give me the next slide. So we have the revelation gifts, we have the power gifts, and we have vocal gifts. Now the revelation gifts are 
word of knowledge, word of wisdom, the gifts, the gift of discerning spirits. Then you have the power gifts, which are working of miracles, gift of faith, gifts of healing. Then we have the vocal gifts, which are prophecy, different types of tongues, various types of tongues, and then you have interpretation of tongues. Now, prophecy, the prophetic, is what all, all of these gifts function and flow in the prophetic. But all of them have to be ignited by word of knowledge. Okay, all, you have to know the word. The more words you get into you, the more he can use you. All right, but each one of them, you can't have a word of wisdom without a word of knowledge. Okay, you can't discern spirits without knowledge. Knowledge is simply information. Okay, you can't work miracles without knowledge. How do you know it's a miracle? Okay, it has to be according to the word. You can't work, you can't have faith unless, until you know what he wants. The gifts of healing, all of this works by what? The word. When you prophesy, it's according to what? The word. How do we know the tongues are true and they are real? The word. <laughs> so all of these gifts have to, have to be initiated by the word. And so as you learn them, as we learn them, but like I told you, I was not in a, I was not in a rush to do it, to teach these, because what I don't want us to do is think that, our, that we are powerful as people, or even as a ministry, because we operate in gifts. Okay, the gifts do not, are, are not what makes you powerful. The Bible says Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. Okay, so watch this. You got the working of miracles, which is power. Well, let's, let's use the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom. So the Bible says Christ is the wisdom of God. But then you have the word of wisdom. So you have what you call spiritual wisdom, and then you have the gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom is wisdom is dropped on you instantaneously for a situation, a circumstance to help you. But spiritual wisdom is what you grew up, is your development. It's your time in the word. It's your time through situations and scenarios. You have to know the difference because you will get a word of wisdom and you will think it's spiritual wisdom and you will think you're walking that all the time. There's the word of knowledge, then there's spiritual knowledge in which you walk in spiritual knowledge because you've been in your word. But we get satisfied with just the gifts. And even in ministry, some ministries walk in the revelation gifts, some walk in the power gifts, some walk in the vocal gifts. Amen? But what we are not to do is use those as bragging points because that is not who we are. Okay? Something like for us as a ministry, we operate more in word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning the spirits. We operate more in a revelation. Why? Because this ministry is headed by an apostle. In order to lay a foundation, you have to have knowledge, you have to have wisdom, and you have to be able to discern spirits. Even in one, even in one uh, uh, swipe, even while I teach, in teaching the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning the spirits. Yeah, while I'm up here teaching, I can discern your spirit. 
That's a development for a leader up here. You have to learn how to deal with that while you, while you up here teaching. You hear the whole conversation. <laughs> but then you have ministries that work in, work in the miracles, the gift of faith and the gifts of healing. Even this ministry operates in the gift of faith because you have to have faith to start a ministry that teaches 90% of what every other church don't and not care. So we, so we, we and, and then there's the gifts of healing. So there's physical healing, there's spiritual healing, there's emotional healing. We operate more in spiritual and emotional healing for now. But that is the first place you need healing is in the orphan area. So that's why it's gifts. It ain't the gift of healing. We ain't just talking about healing natural bodies. We ain't just talking about sickness and disease. Like I told you, when I was in Nigeria, the spirit said what poverty is to Africa, mental health is to America. The church, watch this, the people shouldn't have to go to therapists and psychiatrists. Sorry, Dr. Hardy. Uh, 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 they shouldn't have to if the word is being taught right. Okay, if, if, if the word taught from this pulpit can't heal your soul and you got to go outside of the congregation to get that, there's a problem. So you have ministries that work in, in casting out devils. You have ministry that work in raising the dead. Those are never supposed to be bragging points. Okay, these are never supposed to be points in which we attach ourselves to a ministry. We only attach ourselves to ministries because they're going to make us sons and daughters. That's the only purpose of ministry. That's the main purpose of ministry. Did I become a son and daughter? Did I become a child of God? If I show up and I don't become that, then I'm just in a gifted place. And so that's why we waited all through all those pillars. Yeah, we did the relationship. We talked about the kingdom. We talked about being a church. Now we can talk about gifts because you know who you are in Christ. Come on. You know God is your father. You're resting right there. You know that because God is your father, that you live in the kingdom, that you live for the kingdom. You seek that first and righteousness. And that's the only way things will be added to you. Then we know because I've grown up in the kingdom and I'm raised in the kingdom and I understand the protocol and I know that he's my father. Then now it is my job to become the church. So now I, now I'm, I'm, my focus is I'm light. I'm salt. I'm city set on a hill. I'm an ambassador. We are royal priesthood. Now, it's time for what? Ministry. Because that's what ministry is. Ministry is revealing the Father, revealing the kingdom, so we can become the church. I'm going to say it again. That's what ministry is. It's revealing the Father, the relationship, so that what? We can come into the kingdom, grow in the kingdom, so eventually we can become the church and we impact and that impact is ministry. So on Wednesdays, we're going to talk about the revelation gifts, the power gifts, the vocal gifts. And then we're going to teach activation and how to flow in them. And then we're going to talk about the fruits of the spirit and how they enhance the gifts. Amen. All right. I'm going to read these next scriptures and then I'm out. First Corinthians 12, 26 says, 
So if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So we are members of the body of Christ. Each one of us have a part that we play in that. The scripture says that if one of us suffer, all of us suffer. If one of us honor, all of us honor. If, if you get a promotion, I got one. <laughs> if you hurting, I'm hurting. Verse 28 said, and God, verse 28, and God has appointed these in the church. Who appointed it? God has appointed these in the church. Look at the order. How do we know it's order? Because he says first. Okay, this is how church is built. He says first apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Then he says, next, miracles. Do y'all get it? Okay. First, the apostle needs to come build that foundation. The prophet needs to teach you how to see from the foundation that was built. The teacher takes what the apostle and the prophet has taught, and they turn it into doctrine, and they build your mind up. Then we worry about gifts. So first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, because we can't preach to you until your mind has been built. I can't preach to you about being a son if you don't know the stages. I can't preach to you about love if you don't understand what love is. I got to explain Agapoa. I got to explain Agape. I got to explain Phileo. I got to explain Eros. Then after your mind has been built to that, now I can preach and tell you what you need to have. But until you understand it, I can't, I can't preach to you because preaching is attacking the heart. And I can't attack your heart until I first develop your mind. So same thing with the gifts. We have, to, we have to first learn the gifts. Then we can preach about where to go with them. So he says next miracles, then gifts of healing. We don't start off with gifts of healing. We don't start off with miracles. We don't start off with helps. We don't start off with administrations. We don't start off with various types of tongues. We have to first start with the foundation and then work ourselves down. Amen? Okay. Then it says, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. So everybody can't build the foundation. Everybody is not a head or a father in the church. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all do miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? No. All don't do that. That is given for the body to function. That's, why, that's one of the things that I am going to constantly teach into this ministry. We do this as a body. I don't care about your individual accolades. I don't care about who you think you are in the spirit. This is a body. This is a body. Don't separate the body so you can do your ministry. You done took the whole elbow, arm, and everything so you can have your own ministry. <laughs> this is for one body. This is one body with one head, with one voice, with one conversation. So how dare us want to move our ministry out the body? Like you the body by yourself. No. No. 
I have people come to me all the time, but, but I got my ministry. I ain't going to let you mess my ministry. Mess your, what, what, what ministry? This is a body. This is, we do this together. You ain't saving nobody. You ain't healing nobody. Come on, even after you heal them, somebody got to teach them. <laughs> come on. After, after they talk, somebody got to love them. It has to work together. The apostle has to, I have to push the divine nature down your throat. Until you see yourself as Christ. I have to. The prophet has to teach you how to see, how to hear, what to do with dreams. The teacher has to develop your mind. The preacher has to shepherd your life. The evangelist has to teach you what to do outside these walls to bring people in. They got to teach you how to catch them so we can clean them. So it has to work together. It can't work separate. And this is what happens. You see, a, you see prop, especially a prophets, and a prophets and evangelists, you see that more than anything. Okay, you see, you see uh, um, uh, outreach ministries, but they're not bringing them to nowhere. So they go out and they feed people. They feed the homeless. They clothe them. But now what? Now what? Now they need to be brought into the family because the Bible says it takes the whole five-fold ministry to build one person. Just like in a family. Okay, if, you, if a, 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 a single parent of a child, that child is suffering. Why? Because that child needs more entities, more parts. It needs a, need a mother, a father. It needs grandparents. It needs aunties, uncles. It needs cousins for the full development of it. So it is with us. You can't grow outside the body. You can't grow outside the body. So it says... Verse 31, my last scripture says, but desire greater gifts. And he said, I will show you an even better way. I will show you, it says, still a more excellent way. What is a better way? Relationship. That's why the next chapter is what? Love. <laughs> the next chapter is love. Love is the better way. The, it, the gifts aren't the best way. But we think the gifts are the best way. That's why for the life of me, no, I don't care if you're a prophet. I don't care what you do. I don't care how accurate your prophecy is. I don't care how well you teach. Let me know your sonship. That's the only thing I care about. Y'all heard me say that for the longest, ain't you? I don't care nothing about your gifting. Tell me your level of sonship that you walk in. Then we'll get to the gifts later because if you take that gift and you just run with that gift but you are nebios with it, you're going to hurt somebody, you're going to harm somebody, or you're going to destroy your body. Okay, so the even better way is love. You have to go through that love cycle. Come on, say, I have to go through the love cycle. You have to go through that love. You have to first allow the Father to love you. That's why he said, love me with all your mind, your heart, your soul. That's the Greek word, agapoa. That's an endearing love. That's a welcoming love. He said, just give me yourself so I can explain why everything happened in that orphanage. Give me your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and your understanding so I can give it back to you. Watch this, and it be spiritual. You need a spiritual understanding why them people did that to you. If not, you will, you will keep the orphan spirit. So the, you need to go through that love cycle. You need to love yourself. You need to allow the Father to love you so you can love yourself. Okay, so you can love yourself. Until you can love yourself, you can't love others. So there's a better way, and that is that relationship. 
That's that covenant that is Christ formed in you. Because the gifts are for ministry, but they're also for life. They're for your marriage. Okay, the gifts of the Spirit can show you who you're supposed to be married to. How did y'all get together? A dream. One had a dream, one had a vision. <laughs> Come on. Y'all, you can find your spouse with the gifts. So it's for ministry, it's for life. What job are you supposed to be in? What are you supposed to be doing business at? Come on. I'm done.